welcome to the Community Action Group podcast, The Block Party. I'm Ashley Frazee, Michigan Farm Bureau's Field Operations Specialist and producer of this podcast, filling in for Becca today as she's in the field working with members. Joining us today for this episode, we have Michigan Farm Bureau's Senior Conservation and Regulatory Relations Specialist, Laura Campbell, here to introduce November's discussion topic and get to know her a little bit better. Hi, Laura. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, of course. So to get us started, Laura, can you tell us who you are and what you do in a fun fact about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, I've got a huge mouthful of a title, uh, but essentially what I do is I help farmers understand the regulations that they have to follow from an environmental perspective. I point them toward conservation programs that they can participate in on a voluntary basis. And then I represent farmers on a lot of statewide councils and groups and task forces and and speaking with everybody from universities to legislators to state agencies about what farmers need when it comes to those environmental programs. So your title basically is, even though you said it's a mouthful, your job is a mouthful. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's for sure. So um, I guess a fun fact about myself, um, and probably a number of people know this, um, I actually grew up in Southern Ohio. Uh, My family had a small horse and hay operation in Butler County, which is just north of Cincinnati. And after I had left home and my dad had passed and my mom retired, she, uh, she ended up selling her hay fields to a charity group that raises hay and other uh, other food for the Cincinnati Zoo animals. So now our hay fields feed the rhinos at the oh, Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> that's cool. Do you get to go and go there anytime? Uh, yes, I, I love going to the Cincinnati Zoo and I still take my son there sometimes. That's awesome. Well, nice. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, can you please give us a brief overview of what we will be discussing with our groups this month? Sure. So as I understand the topics uh, for this month are going to be discussing a couple of different policies in our policy book. We're going to be looking at policy number nine, which is the commission system of government and policy number 89, which is water use in the Great Lakes Basin. And you wouldn't think that those would be related, but they've become really important as they relate to each other over the over the course of the past year. So actually, just about this time last year, uh, we got word that the Department of Natural Resources was considering and had proposed to reclassify a stream that runs through um, Branch County. Sorry, I was about to say Berry County runs through Branch County. The the, the entire river runs through Branch and St. Joe and uh, and deposits into the into Lake Michigan. But the part that they were looking at was in Branch County. Now, classifying a stream actually is very crucial and very central to our water use policy because we have a very unique regulation of water use. And it's based on the classification of a stream, how warm it is and how big it is. That is how much flow it has. Yeah based on fish habitat, it, it, you know, it, it's an attempt to put science to the impact of, of withdrawals from, uh, from groundwater wells, from surface water, anything that could affect that stream. So when the DNR says that they want to reclassify a stream, that could affect how much water is available to, as we calculated it out for this stream, about 25,000 acres of irrigated cropland. Wow. That was a big deal for these farmers. And the way that the process goes in the statute is when the DNR proposes to reclassify a stream, it has to go to the Natural Resources Commission, hence the commission system of government. Um, I think there has been an effort over the last decade or more 
to real, you know, where the state agencies are really kind of trying to strip the power out of a lot of a lot of the commissions, particularly the Natural Resources Commission and the Ag Commission in the state. And so the role that those commissioners play and, and the role that they played in this proposed reclassification of the Prairie River was that when they heard hundreds of farmers sending in comments saying, don't do this, this is this is a big impact to our growers and the DNR hasn't followed the right policy and the, and the right procedure to make this request, the, the natural resource commissioners actually listened and they actually recommended to the director, hey, don't do this. You need to go back and do the science. You need to do this right. Yeah. And so it became a really important part of our process and our voice that we have in state government to be able to go to those commissioners and say, hey, you guys, you can't just let this slide on through. You have to really look at this and you have to recommend to the director that they go back to the drawing board and actually follow the science and their own policy on reclassifying a stream. Wow. And as a person who doesn't have like much background in agriculture, I wouldn't, I necessarily wouldn't even know that, you know, you have to reclassify or to classify a stream or river. Mm -hmm. It takes that much to even attempt to even get it done. Right. Right. And, and it is, it, Michigan's got a very unique system for water use regulation. We're one of the Great Lakes states. Um, we signed the Great Lakes Compact, just like all the other Great Lakes states did, that requires that we do a very careful calculation of our water withdrawals and how we regulate them. Because Michigan's entirely in the basin, it wasn't like we could just take a little part of our land base and say, okay, you guys have to do permits and everybody else gets to do something else we realized thousands and thousands and thousands of permits would be impossible to do. So we created this system of, you know, of classifying streams and creating registrations for those water uses in order to try to fulfill our, our requirements, but then also still allow access to the water. So Michigan's system is one that you won't find in other states. For sure. Um, wow, that's a lot of information and it's good for me too because I like I said I don't have the biggest uh, connection in agriculture so this is very eye-opening mm -hmm. to me yep so as you mentioned the discussion topics reference um, Michigan Farm Bureau policy number nine which is Commission system of government and number 89 which is the use in the Great Lake Basin mm -hmm. can you give us uh, a broader overview of these policies and what Farm Bureau's current stance on water use regulations and jurisdiction is? Sure, sure. So uh, commission system of government is pretty much what it says, that basically our members support having commissions that are there to not only weigh in and make decisions on things that are important to natural resources, to agriculture, to, you know, to other uh, areas that there are commissions for, but also because they act as that vehicle where people can directly communicate with those commissioners. They can provide comments. It's a public forum for them to be able to express concerns that would otherwise just be made by an agency or by a director, and we would never get a chance to weigh in on or even find out about it. Um, so our members support the commission system of government because it provides us that voice. And again, due to this Prairie River reclassification, that ended up tying into our other policy that we're talking about this month, water use in the Great Lakes Basin. And what that does is it really sets out what we expect for not only the regulation of water use, given this unique system that we have, but also that we want to make sure that we're out there doing the research, collecting the data, creating new models, 
uh, you know, following the science when it comes to regulating those water uses and involving the agriculture industry in that. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of information and I'm, I'm learning just as our group members are probably learning this too. Um, so recently, Farm Bureau relaunched county public policy committees. How can these committees in our community action group members impact these issues? I'd say for, for particularly for the public policy committees, because they're really focused on communications and developing relationships with legislators, helping legislators to understand you know, what really goes into regulation of water use is very important. I, we Every time we have an, an election and new members of the legislature come in, actually it's Farm Bureau that comes and does sort of a water use 101 for them, but they really need to hear from their members, their constituents, why it's important. Right. I mean, this became a huge issue for Branch County last year, but really the state could look at any river in this, you know, across the entire state and say, hey, we think we want to reclassify it based on, you know, either we're finding fish that we didn't expect to, or, you know, we think that the river's conditions have changed. So it, so having those relationships with legislators is going to be really key to help them understand why we're getting involved in this. The community action groups are really that public voice that in addition to legislators, that's going to help your local communities understand. Because remember, towns and cities and manufacturers and agricultural processors, they all use water. They all have to use the same system of water, of water regulation. So helping the public to understand, number one, that, that water use is a really important part of agriculture, even in a wet state like Michigan. Um, we, you know, we use irrigation water for a lot of things, not only just to supplementally irrigate crops when they get dry, but we can use it for frost protection, a lot of times it's required under commodity contracts. So, so helping the public to understand that, helping other farmers to understand that uh, is a really crucial role of the community action groups, uh, as well as making sure that we understand that, you know, how our policy works and how we become that voice for agriculture. Yeah. Thank you. Um... Is there any additional information you'd like to share on water use regulations in jurisdiction before we wrap up? No, you kind of. I just threw. I threw, threw a up. lot at you. The only thing, the only other thing that I would throw out there, and this is just sort of the general public service announcement, is if you are thinking about digging a new well, if you are planning on moving a well, or if you have an old well that you're not sure if it ever went through this process reach out to your county farm bureau, reach out to your, your, field, uh, your field staffer, your regional manager, uh, or reach directly out to Michigan Farm Bureau because we want to make sure to get your questions answered before you run into some kind of problem or violation or, or, you know, or regulatory issue. So we are always here to provide answers and advice and anything else that you need. Yes, we definitely are. Um... So what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career that you think everyone should learn at some point? Oof. Big question. The thing that I've learned, and, and particularly at Farm Bureau, is things get done by people who show up, people who are there and willing to put in the hard, you know, not thanked, you know, unsexy work of making things happen those are the people who get things done. Um, and I think that's one of the things that makes Farm Bureau such an effective organization is that 
we've got members, we've got staff, we've got, you know, we've got everybody as a part of this organization who is willing to show up, who's willing to add their voice and who's willing to get things done. I agree with that 100% too. Um, and lastly, what are three books you would recommend to our listeners? I thought about this for a little bit, and I and, and I came up with three that, that I thought would kind of cover a wide basis. Um, the first one is called A Landowner's Guide to Managing Your Woods, and it's by Anne Larkin Hansen. And it actually has a section in it that was written by one of our own members, Warren Sahovsky. Um, but what it really looks at is, especially for farmers who tend to have that, like that one little woodlot or like some area that they just never farmed and they can't now because it's wetland or something else like that, helps you to really think about what are your goals for making use of that land? Is it timber? Is it habitat? Is it hunting ground? And then how can you actually manage your woods to get those goals that, that you want to have for that land? So it's a really useful guide, but it's written in very plain English. It's not, you know, like one of those boring textbook type, uh, type books. So it's very handy. Um, I would say another good book that I would recommend that, uh, that, that really helped me a lot is a book called Strengths Finder 2.0. Uh, that one's by Don Clifton. And this is a book that really it's it, it's about, you know, it's about leadership and interaction in, in teams. Um, but what it really looks at is emphasizing what your particular personality traits are and, and your personal strengths to maximize those and make the most use of those, not only in your own life, but also as you interact with a team. Plus, it also has good information about how to work with people who have different personality traits, too. So I, I really like that because we, we do a lot of interaction with a lot of different types of personalities. Um, the third book that I would recommend to folks is called No Farms, No Food by Don Stewart. And this one is a really cool sort of retrospective on how we developed farm bill conservation programs, how we developed the American Farmland Trust and preservation of farmland and really why it's important that farms are included in the discussion of everything from habitat to water quality to you know to soil health to all of the all of the environmental goals that we have in this country and how important farms are to achieving those goals so it's a it's a really neat book yeah well, thank you for sharing those the first one especially sounds very interesting mm -hmm. and i like that it has the connection to one of our members too yep but thank you so much, Laura, for joining us this month in our podcast. Um, we look forward to bringing you one episode a month. And I thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too.